ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chicky Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, it's Chicky Fitzgerald with The Game Changer Network, and we are going to be talking about a little bit different perspective on changing your game. This is all about building trust. And we are going to be talking to the author of uh, an amazing book on the topic of trust and betrayal. And uh, for those of you who have been betrayed, uh, this may be near and dear to your heart. I certainly have lived that story. Uh, Our guest is Michelle Reyna. And uh, she is a Ph.D., and I'm going to let her tell the rest of her story. Michelle, welcome. Hi, Chicky. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. So, Michelle, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, You know, we already know that you uh, have written this amazing book called Trust and Betrayal in the Workplace, Building Effective Relationships in Your Organization. And, And we know that part of changing the game is making sure that you've got a a well-oiled machine, which includes people. Uh, But before we talk about the book, we we really want to hear about your background and and how this book actually came to be. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, how this book came to be, uh, it really has been a journey. Um, I wrote the book with my my business partner, who is also my husband, uh, and it's the third edition, Chicky, and the first edition, if you can believe, was in 1999. Oh, my God. And Dennis, uh, so we've been at this for a really long time, and Dennis and I began our, our focus and our emphasis around trust, uh, you know, nearly 25 years ago. And how we got into it, Chicky, was our, our clients were asking us for support, and at that time, Dennis and I were working with a lot of organizations and supporting them with strategic planning and helping to manage change and deepen their leadership effectiveness. And often leaders would turn to us and ask them to help them fix broken change efforts or initiatives that were not producing results. And we would often sit down with people in their, in their workplaces and, and talk with them about their issues and challenges and what was getting in the way of them performing, you know, at the highest level in which they were capable. And again and again and again, what people talked about was the absence of trust and their lack of their lack of confidence in placing their trust in other people. And Dennis and I were so struck by that. Again, I'm going back 25 years. And at that time, we didn't really know a whole lot about trust, but we came very aware of the critical need that people had in the workplace for it. So we went on a search for, for insights and to gain a deeper understanding of trust, and we began researching the topic. We were both in graduate school at the time, studying for our PhDs. We had two little boys. We were, we were really putting ourselves through school. So we turned wow. to our, our graduate studies and used that as a kind of a stepping stone to do an initial piece of research. And when we graduated, we had become hooked. You know, having earned those PhDs, you know, we actually had more questions than answers. And I, I kind of really was hoping 
that after putting ourselves through graduate school and earning those credentials, quite honestly, Chicky, I was ready for a rest. I was really hoping that, okay, I was well educated now and I could just take a pause and enjoy life. But I, we came away with those degrees and we had more questions than answers and we became hooked and found ourselves with an insatiable appetite and a deep, deep, um, passionate interest in more fully understanding trust so that we could be of the greatest service to our clients. So we kept on going. And over a a four-year period, we did research and we worked with 67 organizations. That initial research is what birthed the first edition of Trust and Betrayal. And we've continued to develop this work in service to leaders and teams and organizations that we work with um, you know, for nearly the last 25 years. And it's been our clients that have led us there through their requests for support and, and um, you know, assistance and, and understanding for themselves. Got it. And, and what was the, uh, the PhD work in specifically? I did my PhD work uh, around um, change and transition in organizations and the critical mm-hmm. role that relationships play and what it really took. I was searching for what it would really take for teams and people to be able to collaborate with one another across functional lines, to break down boundaries so that they were able to work through change and transition and contribute to exponential growth. Mm, wow. Well, uh, I, I didn't have a chance to, you know, really visit with you before the show, uh, although we should have had plenty of time because it's, it's taken us, I think, what is this, our, our third time of trying trying to record this show. So I was telling our producer that this this is going to be the best show ever because it's been so hard to get together. But um, I, I normally share just a little bit about my background because I spent 20 years in corporate life, and mm-hmm. and that it really was the first half of of my career. And and the other half has been as a, a strategic consultant. You know, very similar to what you're doing. Although I don't have the the team building focus on on mine mine is more about differentiation and i would say i'm i'm hooked on differentiation and and customer centricity uh within mm-hmm. companies and and really uh changing the the game using both technology and service uh as uh, the two pronged effect but um i moved out of corporate life because um you know i didn't ever feel like i was part of a trusted team. Now, I know I knew that they valued what I contributed, but I never felt like the insider. I always felt like the outsider. And, and that may just be a, a, a factor of my, my personality. But, but you know, as I said, a, a lot of people who are listening today have been in situations and in all aspects of their lives where they have either experienced that really super trusting relationship where they felt valued and, and trusted or they've been on the other side of the equation where they have had an out-and-out betrayal uh, by someone in their life, or maybe many someones. And and so I'm really glad that that you are being so open about these topics because they, they are critical to the success and health of a company. 
So why don't we uh, just dive right in to the book? Because, uh, again, for an organization to really be effective, uh, everybody has to take responsibility for this, right? This trust yeah. begins with you is, is, the, is the actual title of your first chapter. So right. lead us through how you assess your own perspectives on trust. Right, and Chicky, before I go there, I'd love to just respond briefly to what you just shared, um, because I think there's a perspective you just provided from your own life that will most likely resonate with a lot of people who are listening to our conversation. Um, and that is that when, when trust is not present, you know, when we are in an organization and we're not really feeling a part of a team, or we're not feeling that we're in that environment of trust, any of us can feel as though we are on the outside. And, and that's typically an outgrowth of the vulnerability of trust. And yet on the flip side, when there is a high level of trust, there's, there's such a, a, a buzz and a vibe and a can-do attitude that people feel deeply connected with one another and the purpose of the work. And sometimes, Chicky, we're straddling both sides. Sometimes we're feeling very much apart and feeling confident in the level of trust and feeling that palpable buzz and energy. And, and then other times we're not quite so sure and others were feeling very much on the outside. Uh, so the book is, Dennis and I wrote this book to help people understand um, the, the full dynamics of trust and the real truth of trust because trust is something that does take time to build, yet it's innately vulnerable, it's fragile. It can gradually erode over time or it can be broken in an instant. And holy cow, it does begin with us. And I so appreciate your um, comment of that and your articulation of that because quite often we tend to look at other people and we tend to kind of sit back any of us to see how other people are going to show up and how others are going to behave and bring themselves into the relationship to be able to kind of tune in and sense, you know, how trustworthy they may be. Yet trust does begin with us. So we can go deeper into ourselves and take a look at our own trustworthiness by considering how we are showing up, how we are behaving, how we're bringing ourselves to relationships with others. And the first place we can look is our own intentions, what our intentions are for how we're bringing ourselves to others. Are we considering what we can do to support them? Are we making an effort to understand their goals and objectives? Are we considering how we can be aligned with their interests? Or are we slipping into our own self-serving needs? And there's ways that we may be moving in both those directions. So Trust does begin with us. It does begin with our intentions, our attitude, our outlook, our beliefs, and then the way we're actually behaving and bringing ourselves into the space of those relationships. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm at a place in, uh, in my current business, which is an entrepreneurial uh, venture, uh, a, a technology company, where I'm, I'm starting to look at bringing partners into the business. And, and so I think this is very timely and doing that self audit um you know of where where I am and then really figuring out how to communicate that 
right? And because it's the beginning, and and I'm jumping to chapter three, but but this trust begins with you. And again, would you repeat uh, the the elements again? So intention, attitude, belief. Well, it it really begins with our with our intentions. You know, internally within ourselves, what what are our intentions, and how we are showing up. It also begins with our attitude, our outlook, and our beliefs. So okay. do we have an attitude of, yes, our attitude, our outlook, and our, and our beliefs? And it is that whole starting point, Chicky, of it beginning with us. And I emphasize that because for years and years and years, I've been in rooms, I've been in situations, I've observed, and I've heard people talk about their focus and their intention on what's in it for me. How is the other person going to show up? What are they going to do for me? Can I trust my leadership? Can I trust my team members? When in fact, you know, the initial starting point question is, can they trust me? How trustworthy right. am I? How, how do I follow through on my commitments? How clear am I in my needs and my requests for support? How much attention do I pay for what others need from me? And that is, you know, the focal point of chapter three, which you just referred to, where Dennis and I introduced um, the whole concept of trust of character. And trust of character is, is one of three dimensions of trust, but it is that baseline starting point, Chicky, of where we do begin to lay that initial foundation of trust, and it begins with those mutually serving intentions. Yes, there are things that we are going to need others to do for us, but what do we bring to them? What can they count on from us? What spirit of support are we offering and extending to them? Right. And, you know, character is is a, an interesting thing because when I look back at some of my partnerships uh, that I've had, where later on there has been some sense of betrayal. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually so disappointed in my mm -hmm. own ability to judge character because the, the individuals I got into business with because I believed that they were of the highest character. And one in particular that I'm thinking of, and I you know, clearly I'm not going to give, give much away here, but um, you know, he really turned out to be um, just a con artist mm -hmm. and, and uh, really had, had so many flaws that surfaced so much later. And, and so I'm wondering, um, and, and clearly there can't be a, a definitive checklist of character, but how can you uh, really become a better judge of character, including your own character? Because I, I think mm -hmm. you bring up an important point in that, because mm -hmm. other people have their checklist of how they judge our character. I had a, a partner who, like if I was a minute late for, for a conference call, you know, th that was an affront to my character. Um, mm -hmm. and, and she really was offended by it, whereas I, I come from a little bit more laid back you know, mm -hmm. a, a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there, uh, as long as you still achieve the objectives, you know, it, it, it didn't matter to me, but I realized how important it was to her. So I've thrown a lot at you, so I'll, I'll be quiet now and let you answer. Well, I, I want to first share that um, I 
I completely relate to what you just offered and it resonates with me on multiple levels. Um, one, it resonates with me through, um, you know, the privilege I've had in, in hearing other stories and supporting them to work through their disappointments. But one space you and I share, Chicky, is, is we're both entrepreneurs. And I myself have been also deeply, deeply let down, deeply disappointed when I have placed my trust and my faith in others um, to have been let down and quite honestly to feel as though um, I was really taken advantage of and, you know, coming out of the relationship and as time moved on was able to see ways in which they really did not have my best interest in mind, that they were much more focused on what it is for them. So I just wanted to to share that I, it hits, you know, when that has occurred, it hits hard and it can run deep. And I think those are, you know, lessons of a lifetime. Um, So for myself, you know, some of the things that I've learned and I, and I got to, I want to be very honest. I work at this myself every day. And I think it is the work of a lifetime. But some of the things that, that I have begun focusing on and what others um, have found helpful to focus on is, is initially the clarity of expectations. And that's something that, um, with the benefit of, of hindsight, that I recognized that I potentially trusted too much. I was not as clear and explicit in my expectations and what I was looking for and what I needed. And as a result, I became overly lenient. I would extend the benefit of the doubt when I wasn't getting what I needed. But sometimes I went too far in extending that benefit of the doubt. So from a character, (laughs) do you relate to that? Oh, oh yeah. I'm looking in the mirror. Uh I'm looking in the mirror. (laughs) And And when I've looked in that mirror, oh, my God, I just could so, that's when you fall into beat thyself up mode. But, um, you know, so I've, I continue to work on in others, you know, in the supportive teams and leaders that I, that I work with is there is something about being really clear about the expectations and clarifying those expectations and, and having very clear agreements on how we're going to be managing those expectations. And I've learned that when, um, they aren't being met, I don't need to slip into being somebody that I'm not. I can still extend benefit doubt. I can still extend, um, you know, compassion and have an open heart. But I, at the same time, need to be very, very clear in managing those expectations and using aspects of trusted communication as feedback tools and quite not so ready to accept less than what right. is most needed and less than what was agreed to. Right, right. You know, and I, I think that's really key. Uh, and and the, I, I'm going to come circle back around, but I think we need to talk about the fourth um, chapter, which is trust of capability. And, you know, particularly whether it's in partnership situations on the entrepreneurial side or hiring someone, uh, or inheriting a team, as quite often happens in mergers and acquisitions, which I've been yep. deeply involved in, you know, throughout my career. Um, you you look at someone's capabilities, and and if if business is a puzzle, right, 
their their puzzle piece fits right from the mm-hmm. capability perspective and if it were only a matter of skills they would be the perfect person however their inability to communicate or their lack of character or uh, quite frankly their lack of humility right which is is a word that isn't used frequently in business but i think it should mm-hmm. be um of having the capabilities but understanding that you know you have to be a part of a team for those capabilities to be useful um and you know i don't know quite where i was going with that but i but i was thinking about that character alone isn't enough if if the people you're with don't have the capabilities to help move the business forward uh character and capability alone don't work if you can't communicate that's <laughs> right. right that's right well i love the analogy that you use as a puzzle you know and right. trust is is a piece of a puzzle and you know in in our book trust and betrayal dennis and i talk about three particular dimensions of trust, one of which is character, the second of which is communication, the third of which is capability. And we introduce the concept of those three dimensions that we call the three C's to to help us all have an understanding and a language to be able to talk about trust. But the truth is, Chicky, you got to have all three. You know, character is that baseline starting point. But it, it, but if we also don't trust in one another's capability and support one another to continue to develop our capability, so tangible, you know, technical skills and knowledge and, and core, core competence in terms of the formal sense of the business is one piece. But what we continue to find is we may have subject matter knowledge. We may have expertise in a particular line of business, but if we don't know how to admit a mistake when it has occurred, if we don't know how to tell the truth about our own vulnerability and extend the humility, as you mentioned, if we don't know how to be forthright in giving and receiving feedback, at the end of the day, really and truly, that expertise becomes less and less valuable because in the space of the interpersonal exchanges with one another as people, it becomes increasingly difficult to tap that expertise. So the right. value that it brings over time becomes diminished. I, I think with trust, you know, a very key component for us to remember is that trust is what connects us with one another on the human level. There's a business need for us to tap into all of the tangible skills and knowledge and core competence that we have but yet there's that human need to connect with one another as people. And trust right. is what helps us to do that. And when we do that, we are more fully poised to leverage and tap into all of that expertise that exists. That's what allows everybody to do their very, very best work. And when trust is not present, you know, that lowest common denominator becomes the norm and everything just right. becomes harder and, and much more of a struggle. Well, I think the the interesting perspective here is Chapter 5 of the readiness and willingness to trust. And if you've come mm-hmm. off of a betrayal, which, you know, you, you actually get into talking about how trust is broken in Chapter 7 and then how trust is rebuilt in Chapter 8 – if you haven't gone through those seven steps for healing or however many it takes you to get beyond 
the betrayal that has gone on in your life, then you you may think you're ready, but you're still not willing to trust because there's fear that's been uh, interjected uh, in into whatever that relationship is. So, um, and and chapter six, you go into some of the basics of how how do you trust. So, c- can you give us a little insight there? Sure. And I and there's something here that is so. Um, so key, and, and that is that aspect that if we if we are continuing to carry with us um, the aftermath of a breach of trust, you know, or a betrayal, and I, I would like in a couple minutes to come back to that whole aspect of betrayal, if we don't work it through, if we don't allow ourselves to, to move through that hurt, that disappointment, that letdown, to truly forgive and let go and move on, we do position ourselves to be in that wounded place within ourselves where we mm-hmm. may feel a fear and a vulnerability and therefore our readiness and our willingness to trust others may be a bit more contracted. We may be more pulled back, a, a bit reluctant. We have a greater need to know for sure, to wait and see. The other aspect of it, Chicky, is we're not as ready and willing to trust ourselves. That's the deeper impact of betrayal is it can cause us to feel shaky inside of ourselves where we begin to question our own competence and our own capabilities and, um, you know, lose, get get in shaky, uh, shaky ground within ourselves. So, you know, when we're entering into um, a relationship or even an existing relationship, you know, we can really question and tune in with ourselves. You know, what do, what do I need to know? Not from a place of judgment, but what questions might I need to ask? What things might I need to check out? What things would I like to more fully understand and explore with this person to help me more fully understand and have some insight into who they are and where they're coming from right. that will allow me to feel more open and more ready and safer. And there's a way that we can be very um, forthright about that, you know, where we may say, um, you know, this is a new situation for me, or we're in a transitional place. And I, I'd like to just have a conversation to more fully understand where where you're coming from and where you, uh, what you might need from me and to share a little bit more about myself. So if we tune into that fear, tune into that vulnerability and ask ourselves, what do I need to know? What do I need to understand in order to feel more ready to come from a place of giving this an opportunity to be a high trust relationship rather than carrying in those wounds from the past? That sets the stage for us to get what we need to expand that readiness and that willingness. Right. Well, you know, I think anybody who's been watching the Olympics the last few days, when you watch uh, in particular the gymnastics, you talk about being Mm -hmm. shaky and what happens when those gymnasts have a misstep on the balance beam or they don't land properly after one of their tumbling runs, right? They, They already know what they're capable of, but all of a sudden they question it. Yeah, and I think you're spot on that when we have had a misstep, and again, mm-hmm. whether it's as a leader in an organization, you know, who has had 
uh, a breakdown with either peers or your boss or your your staff or whether it's in a partnership relationship or even in a marriage you know i mean i i look at at how long it took my husband um you know to be ready and willing to trust me because he came off a very painful divorce whereas i had no past history other than a whole bunch of you know bad relationships but but never a marriage and and so getting beyond all of that and rebuilding uh trust and i i love it how how you use the word healing because you you really do need that healing um i had a a coach uh, a couple of years ago who walked me through actually writing letters uh, and letters that would never be sent by the way to the people who had betrayed me and who had mm-hmm. hurt me very deeply mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and then she had me read the letters to her out loud and then I had to go back and add in all the things that I had actually edited you know thinking somebody might read it someday right <laughs> and I just found uh, the, in fact the book where I'm keeping notes uh, about the show is, is I found the book where I had written those letters. And then she had me write a letter to myself, which I, you know, I find a very interesting part of that healing process. Mm-hmm. But it really allowed me to get all of that literally out on paper to where I never ever wanted to see it again or talk about it again. And part of why we don't heal from that betrayal is because we keep telling the stories over and over again. We keep it alive. Or we may not go far enough in our stories and um what i'm loving about this conversation is um points of connection keep emerging and and so i do want to just share um a a personal another a second or third personal connection i've i've encountered thus far in our conversation is i too am married to a man who um, has learned deeply about trust and betrayal from from what for him was a very painful divorce. Mm-hmm. And and when I met Dennis, he was coming out of a very, very painful divorce. And that was a, uh, you know, so the seven steps that we co-created and have written about come, yes, they come from our research and our work with hundreds and thousands of people but they come from the deep work within us. And for Dennis, you know, uh, um, the lived experience for himself of moving through that painful divorce and moving mm-hmm. through forgiveness and letting go and moving on. And, and then in having a playful moment, you know, I often, I often say in coming out on the other side, you know, he got right. the prize and, and that was me. <laughs> when we, when we when we move through betrayal and we heal, we open ourselves up for so many fresh right. beginnings. The part about the, the writing of the letters that I, I so appreciate you sharing is, is what, that, what that illustrates, Chicky, is a very important thing that any of us do that supports our own process of healing. When we have been hurt, when we've been disappointed, when internally we've been taken down and we may find ourselves questioning every aspect of our lives and may even begin wondering who am I and what do I have to bring to this world? The first part of that healing is we've got to give ourselves the permission to acknowledge what has happened, to give ourselves permission to observe it, to state it, to give voice to it and allow those feelings and emotions that have been ignited within us to, to be alive, to, to pay attention to them, to give voice to them, to allow ourselves to feel them. 
sometimes we shut them down. We push them aside because it may hurt too much and we just want to get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. But those feelings and those emotions and that acknowledgement of not just happened, but what was the impact on me? What did right. that cost me? For, right. for Dennis, my husband, what he writes about in our book, Trust and Betrayal in the Workplace, and in our book, Rebuilding Trust, the deepest loss for him was the sharing of day-to-day life with his two young boys. Right. Yes, he has a, went on to have a robust life with them and deep, deep, deeply loved them and were very proud of the young men they are. But Dennis did have to acknowledge that what he lost was a life with those boys that he would never have because right. that comes with the loss of that, of, you know, the end of that marriage. So, you know, when we acknowledge what happened and the impact on us and the loss, and we use those feelings and emotions for a stepping stone, we are able to reframe Chucky. We're able to right. look for, okay, where might life bring me now? What new opportunities might I be able to create for myself? And what responsibility can I now take? We may not ever have responsibility for the behavior of another, but we always have non-negotiable responsibility for the choices we then make right. for ourselves exactly. and the choice for a full life ahead. And through that, we are able to forgive and let go. And so, you know, Chicky, over time, we no longer have a need to tell those stories because right. we've moved on. We move on with the lesson and the learning and the insight, and we actually can say, you know, I'm grateful that I could write that story. I'm grateful that that story is a part of my life, but I no longer need to tell that story right. because I've moved on to my next to my next phase. And you know, that's the power of healing, and and that is the power of what betrayal can teach us when we right. grab hold of it and say, "I'm going to let you teach me. I'm going to learn from this. This experience will not take me down." This experience will not cost me my life. This experience is going to make me grow. And you know who's a great example of that is Michael Phelps. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I loved watching him on the Olympics win his, I think it was his 22nd gold medal, and and talking with the commentary and what he said to the comment to the um the uh, the comment that he made to the um, the journalist who was interviewing him was he did not feel good about the 2012 Olympic Games in how he let himself down right. and how he had gone to a very dark place. And the 2016 Games is really about him returning to himself and returning yes. to his capability and the honoring of himself and, and look at what he's been able to um, accomplish as a result of taking that deeper responsibility, extending compassion to himself, and literally getting back into the game again. Right, right. right. And, you know, that that um, Chapter 9 talks about transformative trust. And I love that word transformative anyway because it, it you know, it implies this shift from that which is not good for us, right, or that it is just okay but not great. And, and that shift to something that's going to move us to the next level. So in both chapters 9 and 10, you talk about transformation. And then 
taking trust to the next level. So so what is the next level? So after we've gone through, you know, recognizing our responsibility as it relates to trust and that that involves our character, our communication, our capability mm-hmm. as well as those of those were or the others that we're dealing with. And maybe we have gone through betrayal. Maybe we have successfully gone through healing. What's next? You know, when we take trust to that next level, and by the way, I believe that we all have had experiences of betrayal. There, there. Some of us may have more subtle, smaller experiences of betrayal, but uh, we've all at different points in our lives been hurt or disappointed by others. And, you know, truth be told, others have been disappointed and let down by us. Um, and when, when I talk about taking trust to the next level, you know, the next level can mean many different things for many of us. But when we go to the next level, we, we are at a deeper level of awareness within ourselves. We have a, a deeper level of knowledge and insight into who we are and greater appreciation and understanding of what it is that we bring to our relationships with other people. When we step to that next level, we have a deeper level of compassion because we recognize even more fully how doggone hard it is to just be a human being. You know, yeah. to, if, if we could live life in a room, you know, all by ourselves every day, it might be a little bit easier, but we share life and space <laughs> with other people. And, and I often say, you know, I have such appreciation for strategy and the complexity that comes with the landscape of strategy and business development and growth and take that and layer on the human dynamic and all of the the elements of just what it means to be a human being, it's hard. So we go to the next level when we do have a, a wider and deeper open heart and greater understanding and appreciation for ourselves and just what it takes for us to be who we are, what it takes for us to be our, bring our best forward and, and to have that deeper level of humility and to be able to extend that to other people uh, and the courage you know chicky we can move forward with that 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 courage to know that you know i might not always trust myself but i can remember who i am and i can i can lead into these reference points that allow me to take that next step and to step into that vulnerability and to ask questions and it does take courage to keep our hearts open it does take courage to you know give ourselves that benefit of the doubt so that next level is is when we have that insight and that awareness within ourselves and you know what chicky that is something that nobody can take away from us the truth that we know about ourselves it may be questioned from time to time by us it may be challenged by time to time by us but the ongoing journey and evolution of our own awareness is something nobody can take from us. Right, absolutely. Well, Michelle, I so appreciate you uh, opening yourself up to us today. Uh, The book has so many how-to charts and action steps, and uh, each chapter has questions at the end that, that help you reflect on your experience. And you've, you've peppered the book with trust tips, and you know I know that people who read this book are going to walk away uh, with, with key points uh, about trusting and, and their own 
betrayal perhaps and and I believe it will give them the tools that they need to have a game plan a game changing game plan to put uh all of that that they've learned into action and uh you know I just so appreciate your time today and it has gone by way too fast but uh, I, I'd love before we end the show today for you to share a little bit about what you're doing uh, as your day job and how people get, can get in touch with you if they really feel that they need to take their company to the next level and, and they need some uh, help and support. Oh, my pleasure, Chicky. Thank you. Well, I, uh, you know, my company is Reina, and we're a trust-building consultancy, and I work with leaders and uh, and their teams to help them transform their workplaces through trust and trust building. And I love to hear from people. Um, I would I'd love to invite them to visit our website, which is www.reinatrustbuilding.com. And the website contains uh, a very active blog that's full of insights and tools and a newsletter that we send out regularly that um, helps leaders keep trust front and center and continues to equip them with steps they can take to keep trust alive within their relationships and their teams and their organizations. Oh, fabulous. Well, Michelle, thank you so much, and uh, I hope you have an amazing weekend. And uh, for those who have been listening today, we have been listening to Michelle Reyna, and again, her book is called Trust and Betrayal in the Workplace. And uh, go out and grab a copy because building effective relationships are a key part of building a game-changing organization. If you'd like to know more about the Game Changer Network, please just visit thegamechanger.network. And there you will see uh, a number of the shows that we have done in the past. We've got over 300 uh, different uh, shows that you can listen to and uh, we have a very very uh, affordable program that, that you can uh, just learn a lot about your organization and a lot about yourself. Next week we're going to be talking with Howard Love who is the author of a book called The Startup J-Curve and for those of you who are in the entrepreneurial world you will absolutely want to put this one on your calendar. Thanks so much for joining us today and join us next week. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald.